Hey, welcome. It is seven minutes after nine o'clock. It is Frost Your Buns Friday. And uh, I listened uh, to the uh, final program for uh, Brandon Rathert uh, hosting our uh, Mid-Missouri uh, morning show. And uh, Brandon, I know you're listening. And I just want you to know that if, if I don't uh, catch you, if I don't see you, who cares? No, actually, uh, he is uh, absolutely the most talented morning show I've ever followed, and I seriously am going to miss his talent. Wish him the best of luck. Uh, But uh, we have a lot of uh, topics that we need to cover this morning, including the shooting in Maine. They're still looking for the guy. They're going to have a press conference here in a few minutes. And uh, I, I was thinking about this. Who ultimately could have stopped this from happening? Now, most of us are, you know, we realize uh, gun control doesn't work. Everybody except Shannon Watts. <laughs> what a moron. I'll tell you what she said and why it's wrong. But it seems to me that the military is responsible for this, aren't they? I mean, they knew that he was a half bubble off plum. I... I don't know uh, who else, you know, obviously he's accountable for what he's done. I'm hearing all kinds of weird theories. Have you heard this thing, Brian, about the uh, he's having a hearing problem and the hearing aids? Um, he thought he heard people talking about him. Yes, I did hear that uh, like the first day. I mean, there are all kinds of bizarre stories. Ultimately, he's responsible. He's the guy that pulled the trigger. Uh, maybe he's got a mental problem. Maybe he, well, clearly he has a mental problem. If you, if you think you have the right to take somebody else's life, you've got, a, you've got a mental problem. But the government knew that this guy was, you know, violent. He was talking about violent things he wanted to do. They're the ones that didn't do anything about it. I mean, shouldn't they have done something? Shannon Watts, by the way... Uh, anti-gun activist was uh, is, is out tweeting her version of what went wrong and it's the state of Maine they don't have background checks on all gun sales, they don't have a red flag law uh, they don't prevent domestic abusers from uh, uh, accessing guns uh, they didn't ban assault weapons limit magazine capacity require concealed carry permits restrict open carry uh, or have a waiting period. So she's just going to town on Maine because they're not doing all these things. Um, the problem is that California has all those gun controls. California has all the gun controls that she said Maine is lacking and that would have somehow stopped this, a- this event. And you know what state in the union has the most active shooter incidents? California. These, these, it's like a knee-jerk reaction for these people to go after the gun. It's never the person that pulls the trigger. It's always the gun itself. Why are they so invested in, a, in an illogical uh, uh, way to resolve the problem that won't resolve the problem? Why are they so invested in this? They take any time one of these events happen. And the other thing, and I mentioned this yesterday on the program that you're going to hear. We'll talk about this in greater detail tomorrow morning, 8 to 10 a.m. 
on our home station, we host uh, Gary on Guns. We'll talk about this in much greater detail, but it's like a knee-jerk reaction for them to go after the gun instead of the person. And it and, and it's not the answer. If if um, if it were the answer, California wouldn't have the mass shooting you know events that they do. Chicago would be utopia. It's not the gun law. It's not the gun. And there are all kinds of other guns that don't look like the AR-15 that function identically. They're semi-automatic. Oh, and I, I was watching uh, one of the TV stations, Fox News. And they described the firearms as automatic. They're not automatic. An AR-15 functionally is not much different than in uh, 1911. Squeeze the trigger, one round comes out. Are they? Uh, are we having the uh, hearing right now, Brian? Let's see if we can bring up the audio. Well, the police chief has already spoke, and the uh, guy from the uh, Department of Safety uh, is just doing the same thing as he was yesterday. We we had him, the police chief, speaking right at nine o'clock, but we missed it. All right, maybe uh, your your uh, TV in the studio there is rewound. <laughs> Well, no, I'm still looking up at Sasha. Okay. Um, he's on the screen. If you right. want him, we can play him. But yeah, I just don't want uh, another one of those... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. ...political speeches. You know, and I want to thank my mother and my father, and hey, isn't that the... Uh, I mean, that just doesn't give any resolution to anybody. Uh, it is Froster Buns Friday, so we'll let you call on pretty much any topic you choose... And uh, we'll kick this off with James. James, good morning. Good morning, Jerry. How are you this morning? I am well. What's up? Hey, I just wanted to make a comment about the new speaker, Mike Johnson. He was my second choice when Jordan didn't get it. So I, I think he's a good man. A lot of people say he's a Reagan with a Ronald Reagan with with a lot of tact. So time will tell. But I'm I'm glad he got it. And I want to make a comment about something I have not heard anywhere doesn't mean it hasn't been said by someone on the conservative right. But see, you know, uh, MSLSD or stations like that aren't going to say it. But, you know, it hasn't been totally proven, but it's pretty close that Biden has taken a lot of money from China. Well, who's to say that Obama and Biden haven't taken money from Iran? We've given them all these billions of dollars. Why wouldn't Obama get maybe $25 million out of it and, and Biden get $15 million out of it? So well, we, you know, now, now, we're, now we're, we're going off into, you know, um, real conspiracy theory land. We have n there's no indication of that. And I don't well, want no, to cast... No, there's not. But if China owns Biden, why wouldn't Iran own him? That's my question. I know it's conspiracy theory, but I wish somebody would ask the question... Well, you can't. You can't even get an answer to you know where Biden got all his millions. There, we oh, can't. I, even... I know that. I, I know that. It's just something that people ought to think about. But like I said, I've heard no one bring that up, and he he won't get tough with Iran. And believe me, I don't want to get into a war with this bunch running things. I don't know if we got hit hard if they'd even hit back. Well, they they responded curiously last night. 
uh, to an attack. They went after the satellite. You know, if you believe that Iran, I'll, I'll do this uh, uh, in just a minute. I'll, I'll let you go, James. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. We don't have any any proof that there's any connection to Iran and Obama and and Biden. And you know, if they do, fine. And I'm sure that you know the Republicans are looking into all of it. Uh, that they can. I don't want to cast dispersions to say this has definitely happened or is likely to have happened. We don't know. We don't have a clue. There's nothing, no hint. But we responded yesterday, and I would argue rather weakly, to an attack. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the, uh, the, 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 the fact is it just wasn't really a response. And I'll explain that in just a minute. We got, we're up against the clock. Quick break. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. Hey, it's uh, Froster Buns Friday. A chance to uh, chat about just about anything that's on your mind. Uh, you can blow off a little steam today and let people know what bothers you. This is really uh, your day. The, uh, the, the U.S. government responded to an attack uh, last night. And it really wasn't... It really wasn't a response. It. How do I uh, see? We're blaming Iran for, uh, you know, everything uh, from the Houthi rebels to uh, just every terrorist group in the Middle East. They're funding it. They're behind it. They're organizing it. They're responsible for it. So, if the United States gets attacked. By any country, the United States should respond by attacking that country. But we didn't do that. We instead went after their satellite. We went after the, the people that they're holding distant. That doesn't stop them from continuing to attack. The fact of the matter is, I believe... The administration is afraid to to attack uh, Iran, and and rightfully they should be. By the way, rightfully they should be. But we instead attacked their satellite group in Syria. Uh, so we're not doing what needs to be. If you really believe Iran is responsible, you attack Iran. But we're, we're afraid to attack Iran because it just gets out of hand. What's the solution? The solution is get your people the hell out of there. U.S. carried out airstrikes targeting two facilities linked to Iranian-backed militias in eastern Syria, uh, according to a, a statement from the defense secretary. The statement said... The facilities have been used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard uh, and affiliated groups. They uh, carried out uh, uh, by a pair of F-16 fighter jets using precision-guided munitions. Munitions. If you thought Iran was responsible for this, and you it, it, the the order came from higher up, you'd go there. There is no simple solution other than get our people the hell out of there. And nobody will do it. Nobody will do it. 
We're not supposed to have the, the military all over the damn world. We're not supposed to have them in hotspots. If Iran launched a missile and struck Raleigh, North Carolina, would we not declare war? Would we not go after Iran with, with the uh, intent of pummeling them? Somehow we've lost, we've lost our bearing. We don't know how to fight a war. Oh, we know how to kill and destroy things, but politically we don't know how to fight a war. And we don't have, this, we don't have the, the backbone to fight a war. We get, we get in these little skirmishes, uh, we lose a lot of American lives, we spend billions of dollars, and then we back out. We, because we don't, we don't have a right to be where we are. We don't have a right to be in Syria. We don't have a right to be uh, in all these other countries. The military is designed to defend the United States. And by putting them in these vulnerable positions, we risk their lives. And do so unnecessarily. And it is for the same failed domino theory that we've been hearing from the politicians since the 1950s. We're decimating our economy, spilling the blood of, of, of Americans. And for what? All right, now I've had my say. I just, it just, it just frosts my buns. That we, that we just keep doing this. 874-9390-800-529-5572. I told you last week that this uh, economic report was going to be good, that it was going to show what appear to be good numbers. But I also told you that it's, it's going to be short-lived. Uh, so I'm sure that... Uh, Biden wants everybody to know GDP uh, for the third quarter was, you know, almost 5% and it was good. But there are problems that are heading our way. It's like the last hurrah. People are spending down their savings. People are running up their credit card debt. We're like spending on borrowed time. And, and it's, you know, it, it looks good for this quarter. And I, I'm telling you, the other shoe is going to drop. Um, increase in consumer spending reflected increases in both service uh, services and goods. Within services, the leading contributors to the spending were at housing and utilities, health care, financial services, insurance, food services, uh, and accommodations. It looks good, but it really, really isn't. Uh, the um, fixed business investment, especially for, uh, for equipment, flat. Decline in the savings rate to uh, 3.8%, plus rising auto loan defaults suggest consumers may have less running room over the next year. 
Uh, the other caution the Wall Street Journal says was nearly flat fixed business investment, especially for equipment. Most of the increase in private investment came from the uh, from building inventories, which won't continue without sales. Future investment is also going to have to overcome a surge in long-term interest rates. Uh, the 10-year Treasury uh, yield is now hovering uh, near 5%. They aren't high by historical standards, um, and they should lead to uh, better investment choices. But they will have a dampening effect uh, as business adjusts to this. Some business investment also uh, comes from the government uh, subsidies for climate-related industries that may or may not turn out to be, well, feasible. And we've seen them fail left and right. All that money we keep throwing at these uh, green energy plans, and they, and they keep going bankrupt. This provides a short-term lift to gross domestic product, but the subsidies pay off only if they uh, uh, yield new technology or applications that could be profitable once the gravy train ends, and that hasn't been happening. I'm telling you, it's coming. The other shoe will drop. People are spending that the last bits of that money that they were given. They're uh, living on credit card debt. Um, they're, they're unable to buy houses. But I'm sure the media and the administration will paint it as a perfect picture of the economy just humming along. It is not. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Speaking of uh, green energy and uh, failures, wait till, uh, wait till you hear what they're saying at Ford, General Motors, Mercedes-Benz, all of those major auto manufacturers, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Uh, those nobody can nobody wants those cars, and the government doesn't care. Biden doesn't care. Democrats don't care. They just don't want you to have the internal combustion engine. And the lemmings on the left are just walking off the cliff. They're killing the automobile industry in this country. Ford just signed a horrible deal with the unions that will ultimately, I think, cause the unions more pain in the long run. The hubris of unions. The hubris of the labor unions. I despise labor unions. Not, not a problem if they're voluntary, but I have a major problem when they're mandatory. When the government insists that you deal with them. Because that gives them an edge that manufacturers can't, they just can't win against. I, I actually would rather have seen Ford, GM, and Stellantis file bankruptcy than cave to the union. These these uh, sh- these uh, new employees will make forty forty dollars an hour. College graduates aren't making forty bucks an hour. That's where they'll start. We'll kick that around next on the Gary Nolan Show on a Froster Buns Friday, the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. Good morning. It's 9.35 on a Frosterbuns Friday, and uh, they keep pushing these uh, green cars, the battery-powered cars, and people people aren't buying them. Uh, they just don't want the damn things, and it's understandable. Uh, the uh, story here is uh, from the insider. Auto executives are coming clean. EVs aren't working. Uh, they say that uh, with signs of growing inventory and slowing sales, auto industry executives admitted their ambitious electric vehicle plans are in jeopardy, at least in the near term. Uh, several C-suite leaders at some of the biggest car makers voiced fresh unease with the electric car market. Among these, uh, General Motors, Mary Barra, uh, she was uh, complaining these cars aren't selling and there's going to be an earnings call that isn't going to be pretty. Uh, they, uh, they went on to talk about Ford and Mercedes-Benz. Uh, they're having to discount its EVs by several thousand dollars to get them in customers' hands. Um, they're just getting harder to sell. <laughs> you know, I, I love Mercedes-Benz. I think they're the most really brilliantly engineered cars. Uh, my wife has one. I've got one. Uh, they're, they're, they're wonderful. But even they can't get these battery-powered cars to, to be feasible. And yet, the the Democrats keep pushing it. Chuck is on the line on a Froster Buns Friday. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning. You know, what really frosts my buns is that there are viable options already that have been developed that the government won't allow to be talked about or heard of because Toyota has had a hydrogen-powered power plant uh, already gone through the R&D stages, and they've produced uh, several hundred of them, and they are comparable in every way to a gas-powered uh, engine with virtually zero emissions, but the government will not give them the go-ahead to put them into full production and put them on the market. And you can you can look up Toyota hydrogen power plant or engine, and uh, there's all kinds of stuff that Toyota has put out there, even on YouTube, showing that this engine and telling everything about it. But, the you know, there are options already available. I, I'm just curious why they keep pushing the electric. Well, all when, right, let me, uh, let, mean, me clarify, let me clarify a couple things. One is that it is not uh, against the law. There is no regulation preventing them from making a hydrogen-powered car. They are making them, and they're even running some of them here in the United States. The problem is that yeah. it takes more, uh, you dump more CO2 uh, getting, uh, getting the uh, hydrogen than, uh, than, than if, if you just had a gasoline-powered engine. So getting their hands on the CO2 is a problem. Then you've got other corporations like Porsche and other auto manufacturers uh, looking at alternative fuels that will uh, keep the internal combustion engine around. But again, producing enough of that fuel is the challenge. So it's not it's not that they can't. It's that they can't feasibly produce those cars. Uh, they're just it's so challenging to get enough hydrogen and and the. Uh, they have well, found you a way know, to... Gary, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I went to school 20, 20 some odd years ago, uh, actually automotive school, 
and they always taught us in in uh, in the engine theory class that that perfect combustion ha- produces virtually zero emissions. You know, basically water. If you want to get down to it, uh, so I just don't know why they can't perfect a uh, well get as close to perfection on a combustion cycle as you can get is going to produce virtually you know nothing but water so why haven't they developed that aspect of the engine well why don't you why don't you see if you can find a way to burn 100 percent and have no (laughs) nothing uh nothing left out of the exhaust i think it might be quite a challenge they've done a hell of a job I mean, they've come up with cars that have 9 and 10 speed transmissions. Uh, They've come up with computer-controlled air and gas mixtures, fuel injection. Uh, They've they've just, lighter materials, they've done a million things to come up with some great mileage. But that's not the problem. The problem is these people believe that CO2 is, you know, we've got to stop it in its entirety. I mean, they're worried about cow belching. They're literally worried that cow belching and fertilizer are, you know, something they have to go after. They will wreck the economy based on junk science. Well, no, right. and you think about this, they uh, CO2, I mean, don't plants have to have that? Yes. So wouldn't we be virtually killing the, the environment by eliminating it? Hey, Chuck, <laughs> you're 100% right. <laughs> that isn't going to stop them. Oh, no. All right, Chuck. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, That's not going to stop them. Uh, And and we've discussed the percentage of the atmosphere that is uh, CO2. This this whole man-made global warming thing that's caught fire. And again, it's the government schools that keep preaching this to students. They act like it's fact. And study after study uh, indicate that it's not, but they don't care. They're convinced. Anything that you like too much, the government wants to regulate. Mark, good morning. Good morning, sir. I just wanted to say, uh, recently I I had to buy a new vehicle, so I bought me a uh, Mitsubishi Mirage. Now, this thing, it gets almost 50 miles a gallon. I'm driving around, it says 45.5 miles a gallon. I don't understand why they're not moving in that direction, you know? I mean, it's a small vehicle, but if they, you know... It's all about saving gas and not using gas. I don't understand why they don't go in that, like, by Ford and everyone isn't moving in that direction besides going straight to these uh, EVs. You mean why they're not making smaller, lighter cars? Right. Because they're more dangerous. Well, I mean, I guess. I understand that, but... And what if you have a family of... What if you got three or four kids? Uh, Can you fit them all into that little car? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And take a vacation or take a trip? So I don't yeah, think so. Because we're going to go to Colorado, and we figured, you know, we want to save gas. I drove it around forever. I drove Boonville a couple times. and drove it around Columbia. <clears throat> and, and and then I, when I went to fill it up, I had 30 miles left, so I got it to eat. And I couldn't even squeeze $25 in it. Yeah, well, if I want a safer, bigger, heavier car, or if I want to carry cargo, I uh, want to do things that that vehicle won't do, I should have that choice. Uh, but the government and the Democrats want to take it away. I know, I'm just saying. It's about not using gas. I mean, there, there's other options than, than batteries. You know, having a having a 
strange new light on the, you know, no one, no, you know, no one wants. Yeah, that won't stop them though. There, you make, you know, there should be choices, options, the different things. But no, no, they if it's got a gasoline engine, they want to get rid of it. They've literally put on standards that the auto manufacturers can't meet, cafe standards that they can't meet unless they quit using the gasoline-powered engine. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's the yeah. dumbest thing I've ever heard of. It's yeah. I agree. Mark, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Jerry, good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, just a note on that last caller. I'm 6'5 and 260, and most of my kids are big, too. A little cars, just we, we just can't work out of them very good. But my one question is, whatever happened to the nitrogen? I mean, I'm sorry, the hydrogen cars. Yeah, they, they're, you know, they've, they've got them, but it's, where do you get the hydrogen? How do you, how do you create the hydrogen with, without adding more CO2? Well, um, I'm not sure. I know if you take a gallon of water and a 12-volt battery and put the leads in the water, everything that boils out of there is going to be hydrogen. You can make hydrogen fairly easily. We did it in school. I'm, I'm just wondering if because anyone can make hydrogen, that's why they don't want to do it because there won't be a market anymore. Well, there's, there are other problems, too. For instance, uh, what if you live in uh, where I come from, northeast Ohio, uh, where it gets very, very cold. You, you put water in that vehicle, it turns to ice. Now you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Southern California could do it. Yeah, Southern California <laughs> could do it. <laughs> and possibly Florida. Um, yeah. But I, I've heard about those cars. When they get down the exhaust pipe, it just drips water, and that's it. There's no emissions to speak of. Yeah. What a mess. But, Why don't they just leave us alone? That's all I want. I want them to leave me alone. I'll drive whatever I damn well please. Uh, and if they want to drive a battery-powered car, fine. Just don't compel everybody else to. Jerry, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Taking away choice. That's what the left does. They take away choice. Up against the clock, we got to take a quick break. It's the Gary Nolan Show. Why does it matter that Ford made a deal? Why would you care that Ford made a deal with the union? I'll tell you next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. 951, Ford has a, a deal struck with the unions, and they hope that uh, they could put all this behind them. But it's not a particularly good deal for Ford, and that will affect all of us. Uh, because that'll put pressure on Stellantis and GM uh, to settle with similar deals. Because they'll be sitting there idly, uh, you know, not making any cars while Ford is out selling them. And so the pressure will be on. So what's going to happen if they, if they decide to do what Ford did? Well, it's going to drive up the price of vehicles. Uh, and they they also uh, run the risk of slitting their own throats. Ford said this summer that uh, they're going to lose four and a half billion dollars on EVs, uh, and it, it might even be more because now they had to ref they had to recall thirty five thousand of their Mustang Mach E's, the battery powered uh, Mustang. If you want, to, it's not really a Mustang. I don't know what the hell that thing is, but they've bastardized the name of the car uh, because of a manufacturing uh, defect. So uh, it, Wall Street Journal says the UAW deal will cost Ford an estimated $900 million in its first year. Could make it harder to stay competitive 
with foreign automakers and Tesla. So what they're going to try and do in order to survive is eliminate those jobs. They're going to try and use more robots, more automation. Speculation, Ford might rely on employee attrition and automation to hold down costs. Automation has helped Tesla uh, be profitable and more of it's inevitable because they have to compete. The UAW members will, in the long term, be the losers. And so will consumers because the prices of those vehicles to cover the costs is going to be pretty steep. Uh, to the phones, Don, good morning. Yes, good morning, Terry. Yes. Yeah, this Ford debacle, I, I owned. I was lucky enough to own some GM stock when the government took it over and forced it into bankruptcy. And now I've got Ford stock, oh, and I, I'm you. about ready to dump it. Um, quite, I've got a question. I wish somebody in the CEOs of these companies would talk to the media and say, okay, you guys want to reduce greenhouse gases. You want us to make electric vehicles. Answer three questions for me, and I'll be happy to do that. What's the perfect temperature the Earth is supposed to be? Who gets to decide that temperature and why? No one answers that question. This is all a bunch of BS because they're all running around going global warming, global cooling, climate change. Just tell me what the temperature is supposed to be for the Earth, the perfect temperature. Who gets Brian, to decide it and why? Why is that the perfect temperature? Brian Hansen and I nope. have been discussing this now for years. And I think we concluded uh, June third, nineteen sixty-seven. Is that right, Brian? Is that I the, think that sounds about that's right. That's the yeah. yeah. We have to. That's the target. Well, it just <laughs> seems like no one's answer, asking this question to these greenies, and they can't answer it. It's impossible to answer, and it would stop all this garbage. Yeah, well, that's my two cents. It's it's uh, it's pathetic, and and there's no convincing them. We, do you, we'll make them answer the question. Well, well, you know, I'm willing to if they'll come on the program. Do you, do you know what percentage of... What they uh, would tell you is the temperature is always changing and there's no exact temperature. That it's the extreme weather that we're currently seeing all over the globe that we can change if you just change your behavior. Yeah, well, we well. had dinosaurs when it was warmer and we had the ice age when it was cooler so that argument doesn't fly and it can't be it can be refuted very easily with those two facts well we we've explained on the air the percent of the atmosphere that is uh, co2 do you, did you hear us talk about that in the past yeah, yeah 0.04% this idea that CO2 is bad is ludicrous anyway. I don't know why. Um, it's just a moneymaker, you know, carbon credits. It's a scam. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's but insane. That's the and only question. Every time I talk to a liberal, I ask them that question, some greenie, and they can't answer it, and they get flustered. And I wish somebody would do that in the media up front to some of these, you know, everybody that mentions it, just that same question, just keep firing at them. The same exact question. Yeah, Finally, they won't have an answer, and it'll be done. What year was it? It could, couldn't have been the 1930s. No, that was too hot. Um, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. You're absolutely right, though. Don, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Do we check with Tony Lupo? Is he, uh, is he coming on? He is available. Uh, I hadn't locked anything firm down, but uh, I can uh, reach out again. We talked about this earlier in the week, this uh, 
a couple of studies, peer-reviewed studies, that say this whole global warming thing is nonsense. And the, what's impressive is that it, it's peer-reviewed, and nobody is saying they're wrong. Oh, they're, they're calling them names. They're, oh, they're poopy heads. They're extremists. They're wackos. They're nutcases. But nobody's saying, here's where they're wrong. Here's what's wrong. This isn't adding up. They're not saying that. And it turns out uh, that one of those studies, uh, one, of the, one, of, uh, one of the authors of one of those studies is our own Tony Lupo. He, he's part of a, a peer-reviewed study that shows man-made global warming is not some catastrophe. You know, we don't have some ca- catastrophe heading down the line. I thought 97% of scientists agreed that uh, global warming was man-made. Yeah, what a phony statistic that turns out to be. But they'll just keep wrecking the economy. And the hubris, these people, they're... They're blocking roads, they're uh, vandalizing vehicles, they're, uh, because they insist they're right and they don't want to hear anything else. And they think that this is, you know, they're, they're obligated to do this. And I wonder if in 20 years, when they wake up and realize they were wrong, you know, will they feel guilty? Will they apologize? How will they make up for this? You know, when you show them the studies of you know, hundreds of times the predictions that were made that turned out to be false. They don't. They don't care. No. It's like, well, this this time. This we're, time it's real. We mean it. Yeah. This time it's real. <laughs> it's it's uh, quite humorous, though. You know. It's it's actually sad. It's sad that they're so ignorant that they don't realize they've been lied to. And then you know you get a couple of hot like this last year. It was a little warmer than it should have been. This is it. This is all. Oh, this is this prima is what we're talking evidence. about. Yeah, prima facie evidence. The world is coming to an end. Climate change. Uh, these people make me crazy. Eight seven four ninety three ninety. Toll free. Eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. We're going to talk a little bit about the homeless. Uh, that's uh, a story that's uh, in the news. And Brian, you you sent me a link to a woman with the highest IQ. Yeah, that was. Uh, fa- I had no idea that they even went so high. Uh, you see, I thought it was my wife because uh, she <laughs> she knows everything. Uh, just kidding. My wife is is a sweetheart. But I've read her column. This woman, Marilyn uh, uh, Vas uh, Vasavant. Guinness World Record holder. Wait till we tell you what her IQ is. We'll share that with you next. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 